When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Hangout in the Holy Land, Land Grant Holyland's flagship podcast. I'm your host, Gene Ross, and joining me is Josh Dooley. Coming off a one-week one hiatus here on the podcast, but we've got a good one planned for you today. Josh, how are you doing this week? How was your trip? How, how's life? Uh, doing good, man. Relaxed, ready to go. Missed the pod. I was uh, keeping up with the website and everything, keeping up with all your guys' articles while I was gone, which is only half a lie. Um, but no, I definitely missed the pod, and I think we've got an exciting one today. So I'm ready to go. Yeah, we're, we're kind of in that weird spot in the football offseason where we, we you know, we're, we're past the, the spring practices and, and the spring game is, is long over now. We're not quite in the summer camp session yet and all the preseason stuff. So we're kind of in in no man's land as far as offseason. But we've got some we know Ohio State fans still love their football content year round. So we've got some fun stuff planned for these next two weeks. Josh and I are going to be doing a, an Ohio State all decade draft where we try to put together the, the best team possible in, in a draft format. Uh, based on Ohio State's best players from the last decade, so from 2012 to 2022, including players from this upcoming season. This week, we will be doing the offensive section of that draft. We will be drafting a quarterback, a running back, wide receivers, a tight end, and an offensive line. Uh, you know, We're going to have 11 picks each here, as well as a wild card pick where we could get an extra player at any of those positions. Uh, we'll be drafting three wide receivers. I, I'm not going to be a stickler on the offensive line. I think if you want to just draft five offensive linemen, the five you think are best, I think we could roll with that. I know based on what we saw at Ohio State last season with the four tackles offensive line, I would highly recommend getting two tackles, two guards, and a center but I won't hold you to that but you do unfortunately need to draft a tight end you do need three wide receivers and at least you know one quarterback one running back things of that nature so Josh I don't know about you but I am I'm excited for this there's a lot that goes into this a lot of different kind of strategies you could take and I know I'm not going to make you kind of you know tell me what your strategy is going to be but looking at this list there's a lot of good names and I don't think you could really go wrong with whatever you wind up yeah it's um there are certain positions that I'm willing to wait on and we'll get into that I looked through the list and we're not going to read every player for the listeners, but I think you knocked it out of the park. You're not really missing anybody, certainly nobody that I could think of. I liked the touch of adding guys that will be on the team this year. You know, if I want to go crazy and take a Devin Brown, I can do so. But um, yeah, I think this will be a really good one. And I'm interested to see like, what our different strategies are, because I think you can go a bunch of different ways here. Yeah, and, I, and needless to say, we're obviously drafting these players at, at you know the prime of their career. So you know if you're drafting a you know a Corey Lindsley or an Andrew Norwell, you're not getting them at the tail end of their career as an offensive lineman. You know if you draft Braxton Miller as a quarterback, you're getting him as a quarterback with a healthy shoulder, things of that nature. So you don't have to account for injuries or age or things like that in this draft. But yeah, like you said, there's some positions that are definitely a lot deeper than others. There are some positions where you have sort of a chance based on some of those younger guys to draft a bit more on potential rather than you know what you've seen so far which is certainly a, a way that you could go when when building your team but uh i, I think it'll be fun either way we haven't quite uh, yet decided draft order we are going to do it in a 
snake draft format, even though there is only two of us, just so you know, one person isn't getting the upper hand with every single round by getting the first pick. So I think we're going to flip a tin here for the, or flip a, the proverbial coin here for the first first overall pick, and then we'll kind of take it from there as we go. Yeah, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do it on audio, but Gene, I will let you call it. All right, I'm gonna toss it on three. You can call heads or tails. Sound good? All right. And I def- I can't see it, so Josh could be totally lying to me and stealing the first pick, but we'll go with it anyway. Uh, I, I am nothing if not dependable and truthful at all times. I, so, I trust you fully. All right. One, two, three. Tails. And it is tails. Let's go. Tails never fails. All right, so we're just gonna we're gonna jump right into this, and then you know afterwards we'll kind of discuss our teams, the breakdown of what we got, and then we'll kind of look through the rest of the guys on the board, some of the bigger names, some of the guys we also considered, and things like that. But for my first pick here, I am gonna go. Hey Gene, hold on yes. real quick. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the listeners, and you need to know this too. I get very competitive in drafts, fantasy football. So if I say anything, I know that I that I don't mean it personally. It's just in the moment kind of thing. You know right. what I mean? I'll, I'll, I'll accept that. I love it. I love the energy. <laughs> I think it'll be a lot of fun. I will keep that in mind, and I will try my best to not fire you live on the podcast. But nonetheless, I'm going to go off script a bit here um, and take a guy that probably, you know, if Ohio State fans were thinking of offensive players and they're looking to build a team right now, I don't think is a guy that they're probably going to think of. But I think looking at kind of what you alluded to before, how some positions are deeper than others, I think there's a lot of spots where I'm kind of good with flipping a coin on one or two guys, but there's one position where one player sticks out to me, and that is at center, where I'm going to be taking Corey Lindsley with the first overall pick at center. Wow. All right, give me a little rationale, though, in going center first. I mean, I kind of I get your overall yeah, no, for theme, sure. I just, but I was, why did Lindsley stand out to you? Yeah, for sure. You know, this is a guy who he has a little bit of positional versatility. He started as a guard before moving to center, and then he wound up being, you know, a first-team All-Big Ten center. He helped OSU, you know, lead the Big Ten in, in points per game and yards per game on the ground that season. And I think, you know, maybe I'm a, little bit, I'm a little bit jaded by his NFL career. He has carved out quite the professional career for himself, despite being a, a fifth-round pick. You know, he just recently became the highest-paid center in the NFL when he signed with the Chargers in 2021. But, you know, just looking at the list, there's a lot of, you know, especially at a lot of the other offensive, you know, offensive lineman positions, especially a wide receiver and things of that nature. Because there's only two of us, I probably wouldn't do this if this was like a four or five person draft and I was worried about losing maybe one of the top end running backs or quarterbacks. But because, like I said, there's only two of us, I think I could, you know, there's a couple of guys where I could go either way. And at, at center, you know, it's a bit of a shorter list. Ohio State's had some years where they've really played a true guard at center here in the last decade. And there's really only about about six, five or six centers here on the list in total. And Corey Lindsley of that group is one that stood out to me the most. And I think he was the one that you know, if I was going to lose out on a top end guy, he would be the guy that I didn't want to lose out on. So I'm taking Corey Lindsley number one overall. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Now, I, I guess if I were taking your approach, uh, I wouldn't have gone center. But if we had gone further back, like an Orlando pace at tackle, I would have jumped all over that. So if you value the center position as sort of the <clears throat> excuse me quarterback of the offensive line, I think that's an interesting but good way to go. So I do like it, even if it's not a direction that I would have gone. Um, so as for my first pick, I I approach this differently than I, I would say a, a fantasy football draft. You know, in fantasy, wide receivers are the hot commodity, especially in a PPR league. But with so much talent on the board there, I decided to go after some other positions. And I'll start with running back where I personally saw a lack of depth 
I would say. And so for my first pick, I'm going to go with Ezekiel Elliott, first running back off the board. Yeah, no, I, I like it. That was definitely one of the other positions I, de- I considered. You know, maybe I'll regret going Corey Lindsley early on, depending on what you go, go with your draft. But Zeke is definitely the top name off that board at running back. I think there are a couple of very, very good options behind it. But, you know, you look at a guy like Zeke, the, the national championship pedigree, the things he did in that postseason I had written down here, you know, that three-game stretch against Wisconsin, Alabama, and, and Oregon – 696 yards, eight touchdowns, four of those coming in the national title game. He averaged 9.2 yards per carry over those games. Just put the team on his back and route to a national championship. And so I think he is, you know, a very, very worthy of a, a first round pick for you, Josh. And I think it's a good pick. Yeah, I saw a little bit of a drop off after the first two guys. I'm not going to throw my other one out there in case you're just completely asleep at the wheel. Maybe I can pick them up as a wild card later, but I feel confident in that pick. And then I did end up going wide receiver with my second pick, again, because I felt like I could wait specifically on a quarterback. And I wanted to get a wide receiver who like achieve, or has achieved peak production at Ohio State, or, or maybe not because he's going to play again this year. But I wanted to go after a guy who we don't know what he's done in the pros. We don't know what he's going to do at the NFL level, but we saw what he did as a sophomore at Ohio State. I think you know he's going to be 1,500 yards plus this season. I would be shocked if he's not. So with my second pick, I'll go wide receiver, and I'm actually going to go Jackson Smith and Jigba to get my wide receiver room kind of rolling here. Wow, Jackson Smith and Jigba in a in a wide receiver room filled with guys who are, you know, there's some proven NFL commodities in there. There's some guys who have put up record-setting seasons for Ohio State. Yeah. That, that's that's high praise for a guy like Jackson Smith and Jigba, who is still going to play another season at Ohio State. I, I'm projecting a little bit. You know, I was tempted to go with one of the guys who entered the draft this year. Um, I have high expectations for Marvin Harrison Jr., but... I think when all is said and done, JSN could be at the top of the list as far as Ohio State wide receivers go and a bunch of different records. So I sort of wanted to hedge my bets and get the guy that regardless of you know future or current NFL success, this is the guy who I'm most excited about and who I have been most excited about in this wide receiver room. So I'll stick with JSN. Yeah, and Josh, I was a little worried there that you're going to take my guy who I'm eyeing for my next pick. I'm also going to be going wide receiver here, which is it's kind of funny that we're both going wide receiver so early when there's just so many good options. But there mm-hmm. was one guy I did consider Jackson Smith and Jigba for my team if he was there still, you know, later on in this draft, which I doubted he would be. But there was one guy who really stuck out to me, a guy who really did it all for Ohio State, a guy who was the best at uh, uh, pretty much you know all there's there's guys on this list who are you know better deep threats there's guys who are better possession receivers this guy kind of did a little bit of everything and i think his his recent nfl draft selection was reflective of that so i am going to take garrett wilson with my first wide receiver off the board as my number 2 pick and you know his you know his statistics at ohio state might not back it up you know he put up good numbers but not quite you know as good as some of the guys around him and some of the guys before him but garrett wilson was just you know a, a pros pro on the field he was so dependable so reliable so good at so many different things such a great athlete and so i'm i'll ve- i'll be very happy to have garrett wilson as my wide receiver one yeah and he was my wide receiver too so i, I figured you were going to go wide receiver early i was actually uh, a little scared that you were going to go first two picks off the board and then I really would have missed out on one of my top targets but you can't go wrong with Garrett Wilson you can't go wrong with a lot of guys on this list but I think that you and I can probably both agree that based on college production there were probably three 
maybe four guys that were, were probably targeting early. And now two of those guys are off the board. So um, I, I think you and I were both smart in that sense that we grabbed at least one early and then we'll see how the rest of it shakes out. Yeah, for sure. And, and with my with my double here, with my second pick, my third overall pick, I'm going to I'm going to continue to to build up my offensive line a little bit here. I'm going to take another offensive lineman this time. I'm going to be targeting a tackle, a guy who was, you know, a popular name at his time and a guy who's still putting together a good NFL career today. I'm going to be taking Taylor Decker with my um my third pick here. And, you know, okay. he's a guy, you know, I, I wanted to get a, an anchor on my offensive line, a guy that, you know, a very dependable tackle. And I think Taylor Decker is that guy. He was the anchor of a very good Ohio State offensive line in his time. Uh, consensus All-American in 2015, as well as Big Ten Offensive Lineman of the Year. You know, first team All-Big Ten in 2015, a second team selection in 2014. And, of course, you know, he has that national title under his belt as well. So as far as dependable offensive tackles go, I, I'm targeting Taylor Decker, even though there are other very good options here. I think he was my top choice there and I'm excited to get him at number three yeah and and so now you put me in a tough position because I was like uh you know I I can probably sit on offensive line and now you have in my opinion grabbed the first the top two available options um gosh this is already getting tough (laughs) it's it's, it's harder than expected honestly even with just two people and like you see you're looking at the list like all right i got pretty much i'm good here and there and then you're looking it's like wait but if he takes that guy i I don't i don't want to take this other guy yeah so i'm gonna go out on a limb here i'm gonna stick true to my board uh even if my team ends up very reminiscent of the 2021 ohio state buckeyes i'm just gonna go opportunity here i'm gonna go back to wide receiver i did not expect to do this so early but I'm going to get Chris Olave. Um, one of the most accomplished guys on this list. He did it for three years at Ohio State, put up all sorts of records. He's a touchdown guy, uh, set a number of other marks, or he's in the top five for a ton of other categories. But um, I, I figure if I go this way, I, I don't think any defense is stopping my, my passing game. And we'll get to quarterbacks later. But go ahead and give me Chris Olave off the board next as a second wide receiver on Team Dooley. Yeah, I have a feeling you're going to have a very popular team when we break these down later on this weekend. But they might not be able to block. They might not be able to block, but uh, you know, on paper, I think you're going to have a very heavy fan favorite team already here with with Zeke, JSN, and Chris Olave, three guys who you know on their respective teams were some of the more lovable Ohio State players and guys who put up really big numbers at Ohio State. So so far, you you guys are putting on an offensive clinic. Yeah, and, and I'm tempted to go wide receiver again just to really put you in a tough spot, but. I wanted to wait on quarterback for at least a few rounds, but I identified three guys that I would really, that I was going to go after. And so I'll just settle on my top choice here. It's not really a settle. I'm going to go Justin Fields at quarterback. I had a list of three guys that I was looking at and I I want to get the total package through the air on the ground, I think that Justin Fields is the best available option as a dual threat. So go ahead and give me Justin Fields as my QB1. How much of an embarrassment of riches is Ohio State's offense that you could say the words, yeah, I'll settle for Justin Fields here? Right, exactly. And and like I said, it just came down to the dual threat ability. And there are some other guys on this list who could do a little bit of everything. But I look at what he could do on the ground and then just the accuracy as a passer, the numbers he put up, they're not the biggest on the board for some of these other quarterbacks, but um, low interception numbers, a real winner. So I feel confident in that, my, in, in that pick, and he's probably going to be 
him and Chris Olave are my two captains. That's already settled, but I, I feel good about where we're heading so far. Yeah, I, I have no complaints here. And now, you know, you've you've taken two wide receivers already. You do have that that extra wild card option available to take another one, which is it's kind of why I threw that in there because I figured if you know we only got you know two or three of each or whatever, it would it would limit our options. And then you know if you so like right now, I could I could wait on a quarterback now because there's there's only you know you've already taken one, you're not going to take a second. So my options are open there, but there are still wide receivers that you could take off the board. So I'm going to go in and get one with my next pick here, and this is one of my first. I'm going to have a potentially a couple of picks here that I'm I'm drafting based on potential. Um, so my pick here that I'm going to be taking is Marvin Harrison Jr. Okay. And okay. now, you know, he's gotten some, there's been some clips about him out there, you know, practicing and whatnot. A lot of hype from the NFL draft scouts. I think a lot of it may be a bit overblown, at least at this point in his career. You know, I'm I'm hoping he's going to be very, very good. I think he is going to be very, very good. But, you know, he's, he's getting compared to, comparisons to some guys out there, getting some, you know, I saw a tweet out there the other day from some NFL scout that says that, you know, Marvin Harrison Jr. is already better than Jackson Smith and Jigba. Don't really know about that quite yet. Let, let's pump the brakes on that a little bit. But, you know, we saw what he's capable of in that Rose Bowl game, albeit against a, and a you know a defensive secondary that was reeling a bit injury wise. He's a huge dude. He's super athletic. He's obviously you know we know who his father is. We know what he's coming from. What kind of you know athletic family? What kind of athletic specimen he is? But. You know, this is a draft based on potential. I have a guy like Garrett Wilson who is a bit of a smaller receiver, so I'll take my big, you know, end zone threat, my end zone target here in Marvin Harrison Jr. I like that pick. Uh, a little bit like me taking J- JSN, but who knows? Marvin Harrison Jr. with at least two seasons to go could end up being the cream of the crop here. So I like that as a, sort of a flyer, but a future projection pick because, like you, I mean, I expect him to do some big things, especially this year. So. I was hoping he lasted a couple more rounds, but I like that Marvin Harrison Jr. pick. Yeah, and then for my second pick here, I'm going to go ahead and get my running back just in case you were to take a second one with your wild card pick. I don't want to miss out on my my 1B option to the Ezekiel Elliott 1A, and that's going to be J.K. Dobbins for me. Yep. Um, I, I loved J.K. Dobbins when he was at Ohio State. I actually happened to, you know, I was at that game in Indiana, his first start when, when Mike Weber was reeling, and it was kind of like, a, who is this J.K. Dobbins guy? And then after the Indiana game, it was like, oh, this J.K. Dobbins guy is pretty good. And, you know, he wound up going ahead setting the OSU freshman rushing record. His best year came as a junior when he put up over 2,000 yards. Uh, you know, if, if he stays healthy in that Clemson game, there's a chance Ohio State wins that game in 2019, even though he still had over 200 yards total offense in that game. But, you know, J.K. was just such a dependable back. You, you knew he could get you almost five yards every single time. You know, I, but the game that really stood out to me was that game against Penn State where it felt like, you know, they just had absolutely no options for him, and Ohio State just kept handing him the ball, and they, Penn State could do nothing to stop it. And I just, I love the way he ran. He, you know, he could do it all. He was, he was quick. He had that home run potential, but he was good with his feet. You know, he, he found the right hole all the time. And I just, you know, J.K. Dobbins was a great runner, and I'll be happy with him as my running back when I couldn't get, you know, Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, he was 1B for me. Um, If I had ended up with Dobbins instead of Ezekiel Elliott, I would have been more than happy. And that's where the drop-off was for me, too. And that's that's nothing against Travion Henderson, but I I wanted to see more than one year. And that's what you've got in both Zeke and J.K. Dobbins. So I, I think you and I are in total agreement that those were the top two guys off the board. Now, before I make my next pick, I need some clarification. Can I go wild card now or do i have to wait until i've filled out 11 spots no you you could use it whenever you want okay so this actually worked out really well for me and we haven't talked but i have a feeling that you might be sitting on this guy so i'm going to be preemptive go ahead and give me braxton miller 
as my wild card. I, like, uh, I don't want to use him is, as my third wide receiver. That is the ultimate wild card because that is who Braxton Miller is, the wild card. Yeah, and the way I look at it in this fake scenario that we're working on, Braxton Miller could play quarterback, running back, or wide receiver. I wanted somebody who could do a little bit of everything. And so, you know, it, it might sound a, a little silly to pick a guy who didn't produce a ton at wide receiver. He didn't, you know, do a ton, did very little, if anything, as a running back. And he's probably, gosh, our fourth rated quarterback, if I had to guess. But the fact that he can do it all, I felt good about that. I wanted to get him before he came off the board. So um, give me Braxton. And then I I really need to go after this offensive line. I, I really do. I don't know if I'm in love with the tackles, but I actually think the interior offensive line is a is sort of sneaky strong. And so I want to go with best available guard, in my opinion. Go ahead and give me Wyatt Davis as my first offensive lineman and first guard off the board. I like it. He was actually my he he's my second choice at, at guard. But, you know, and it's probably not fair to him because I think in his, you know, he took a step back in his second season, but I think a lot of that was because he was playing around some guys that he was trying to to give some extra help to, and it wound up hurting him a little bit. Uh, but Wyatt yeah. Davis in that in that first year when he was a starter was just tremendous. You know, he, him and him and Josh Myers next to each other were, were a great tandem on that interior offensive line. You could, you know, me or you could run through that, that gap sometimes to get five yards at least. And so, yeah, I, I, I don't hate the Wyatt Davis pick. I think he was really good in his time at Ohio State, and hopefully his, uh, his NFL career pans out for him as well. Yeah, he almost uh, he didn't take a Thayer Munford esque step back, and obviously Thayer Munford changed positions. But you know, a- after that first year as a starter, Wyatt Davis probably, yeah, I mean, he probably could have been a late first, early second round pick, and he fell to the third, if I'm not mistaken, when the Vikings ended up picking him. He hasn't done a lot in the pros. I don't think he's been completely healthy. But again, we're going like peak college production and upside. So I feel really good about Wyatt Davis. Yeah, you're, you're getting the best of Wyatt Davis, which was that first year, who was a, a very damn good guard in his own right. So with you taking that pick, with my next pick, I'm going to make sure I get my, my top guard off the board here. And that's going to be Jonah Jackson. A bit of a, of a, of a sneaky okay. pick here because he only played at Ohio State for one year. But I was just really impressed with what he was able to do in that one year. You know, it's tough to stand out at Rutgers, especially as an offensive guard. And the fact that he could parlay that into a career, you know, a one-year career at Ohio State into an NFL career... I think is really impressive. Um, you know, he was a first-team All Big Ten selection in that 2019 season with the Buckeyes. He's off to a good start in his NFL career as well. He just made the 22 uh, Pro Bowl. I know. I just really liked watching him play. He seems like a really good dude. He wanted to to play for a contender, play for a chance to win, and that's why he went to Ohio State. And I thought that you know, in that one season, I never felt like there was any time where like something happened on the offensive line, and I was like, oh, Jonah Jackson could have done better. I just feel like he was completely solid year round, and it was just I was a lot of good to watch him at guard. And so he was my my top guard off the board, even if he only played for one year in Columbus. Jonah Jackson was a dude, and I think he went underappreciated here at Ohio State. Um, and I think he was a fourth round draft pick, maybe a fifth. I'm not sure. But uh, and then if I'm not mistaken, I think he was a Pro Bowl alternate or gosh, I wish I had it up in front of me. I hope I don't sound like an yeah, idiot. I think, but, he was a, I think he was an injury replacement. Yeah, but he's been really solid in the pros in a short period of time. So I really like that pick. And I'm actually second guessing 
my first guard. I, I really, really like that Jonah Jackson pick, so I think you got a good guard there. Yeah, and so I'm, my, my offensive line's looking pretty good. I think I have pretty much the, the left side of my offensive line figured out, and I'm trying to decide where to go here with my next pick because you've already taken— Tight end. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely thinking about <laughs> tight end. I actually am thinking a little bit about tight end just because there's clearly one option that's better than the rest, but I don't know if that's the way I'm trying to style my offense. We're in a game of chicken right now because I know who your top <laughs> yeah, option I is, mean, and it's going to be who takes him first. Yeah, and I, but like the thing is, I could get another guy who does other things better if I want to style my offense a bit differently. So I don't know if I want to go. Well, we're obviously both talking about Jeremy Ruckert, but I don't know if I want to go there just yet. But I'm looking around at my other options. You've already taken you've taken two wide receivers. You could get a third. But I'm trying to think of who, you know, what do I have? I have I have two as well. So we're both looking at a third wide receiver here with a lot of good options on the board. Um, so I, I think I could wait a little bit there. I think I'm going to continue on offensive line, as crazy as it sounds. And I'm going to go ahead and, and get myself the top two offensive tackles on the board, at least in my opinion. And I'm going to get Nicholas Petit-Ferrer as my other offensive tackle. Oh! Yeah, I, I think <laughs> I think it hamstrings you a little bit at offensive tackle. There are still some good options on the board. There's some, you know, especially some that have have a uh, potential moving forward. But I think getting you know Taylor Decker and uh, and uh, and Nicholas P. Ferrer on on both ends is a tremendous offensive line for me. You know, NPF a two year starter at OSU, first team All American, first team All Big Ten by both coaches and media. You know, he helped the Ohio State offense rank number one nationally, total offense and and scoring offense, and so. You know, just a really good player. We always saw those those you know PFF grades of him not allowing a sack all year. He, he's a really good athlete at six foot five, three fifteen. So I, I'm very happy with the way my offensive line is looking out, and I think that getting what I thought was the two offensive tackles on the board. Not sure if if you agree, but I'm I'm pretty happy with the way things are going. I, I do agree. I had NPF as my second tackle off the board. I'm not in love with some of the uh, the older offensive tackles, but. I, I think he'll be good in the pros, too. I think that he'll get developed. I, I would have liked to have seen him get a year under Justin Fry, some good offensive line coaching. But you can't go wrong with NPF. Big, talented dude, top recruit when he came out. So you've got a couple really good bookends there. Yeah, for sure. Which leaves me, man, it leaves me in a tough spot. Um, you know what? I'm going to have some fun with this. Call it the Justin Fry factor. I know you don't need another tackle, but one of these guys – Actually, both of them have some positional versatility. So I am going to go ahead and I am going to secure the bookends of my own offensive line. And again, Justin Fry factor comes into play here. Back to back, give me Dewan Jones and Paris Johnson Jr. I think that when all is said and done after this year, especially projected or some of their early projections, um, first and or second round on both of these guys. I know the production isn't there right now or the kind of the pedigree is not there right now, but Dwan Jones acquitted himself quite well in his first year as a starter. Paris Johnson Jr. has started at guard. I think that he will excel at tackle. So if I looked at my team right now, I have maybe the third, fourth, fifth best available tackles but I'm projecting a little bit into the future. And I think Dewan Jones and Paris Johnson Jr. would really protect Justin Fields and block for those other guys I have, the skill players I have on my team. So I, I didn't get either of my top two options, but I like those guys as a couple of sleepers. 
Yeah, I like it. You know, Paris Johnson, if I didn't wind up with with both Decker and MPF, Paris Johnson was going to be my my next guy off the board at that position. Uh, you know, he's he's drawn some some comparisons as the next Orlando Pace, and I'm not ready to put that that on him. I don't think that's at all fair to compare him to one of the best offensive tackles of all time. But he, he has that pedigree with him. He's obviously a you know, consensus five-star prospect. He played guard last year, not his natural position. I expect him to be much better at tackle. Not that he was bad at guard, but you know, his natural position is tackle. It, it's a good draft on potential pick you know he's six foot six 315 uh he also writes for the lantern as like a student journalist which i think is fun he seems mm. like a cool dude he's a very very interesting guy he's written some articles about his his fellow teammates and stuff throughout the football season so seems like an overall good dude a good good eye having your team maybe a good locker room guy for the for the dually squad and uh you know i think those are two good picks i think those are the two you know as far as the offensive tackles goes i think those are the two best remaining on the board so i like that double pick um, and I looked, I looked yeah, real quick. I looked at Paris Johnson the way that you looked at Marvin Harrison Jr. We've seen a little bit from both of these guys, but you and I both have expectations that they will get even better as their career progresses. So that's why I wanted to go Paris Johnson Jr. over a more proven guy like, uh, you know, gosh, I, I thought about Jack Muhort, and I'm not going to take another tackle so I can throw his name out there. He was a sturdy, dependable dude here at Ohio State, but. I'll stick with the young guys. Yeah, we'll we'll run through some of those some of those other guys. There are other options on the board. We'll we'll do that all as we as we wrap up. But now I am sitting here with another double. Um, you've already used your wild card, so I'm gonna it's it's gonna be sad because I'm gonna get a really good quarterback and it's gonna be like the last pick, but it's just purely out of the <laughs> way that the draft order. Not no disrespect to that player, but it's just not a, a need for my team right now with the way the draft has gone. Um, but I am gonna use my wild card here. It's another player that I don't really have to draft just yet, but I want to take him just to to get him on the roster. My wild card pick is going to be Travion Henderson at running back, and this is because I, like I want to use him as my more of my pass catching back. Um, if J.K. Dobbins had a kind of a, a you know, a lacking area was his ability to catch passes out of the backfield. Not that he was terrible at it, but it certainly wasn't his strength. Whereas we've seen what Trayvon Henderson could do with the ball in his hands in space, and he is quite good at it. So being able to throw, uh, you know, a swing pass, a screen pass, or, or even a wheel route to Trayvon Henderson, I think will be a very valuable addition to my offense. Maybe kind of a two-back set with both of them back there, kind of two different styles of runners. Uh, I think that suits my offense well. So for my wild card pick, I'm going to go Trayvon Henderson. And you may have outsmarted me on this one. I, I like using him as a passable as a possible pass catching option you're right jk dobbins if there was a weakness to his game it it was in the air we saw a couple drops in big games so trevion henderson he's not your uh your your darren sproles your alvin kamara type receiving or scat back but I, i do like him coming out of the backfield i think he could line up in the slot if ohio state were to use him that way. So it's a really good wild card pick for me. I like that one. And now with the with probably the upset of the draft here and thing that's going to shock the nation, uh, I am going to be the first one in this draft to select a tight end. Uh, despite me being anti-tight end on Ohio State's offense, with my with my double here, I am going to take Jeremy Ruckert as the best tight end on the board. Um, I, I didn't really, I wasn't going into this draft saying, oh, I need to get Jeremy Ruckert, but here we are this deep in the, on the board, you know, the ninth round here for me. Um, and it's just too too big a value for me to let go. He's probably the best passing, best pass catching tight end Ohio State's had. You know, I think he's going to do great things with the Jets if he gets an opportunity. But you know, the way he played at Ohio State, the you know the big catches he had in some big games, whether it be the Penn State game or you know his one handed catches against Clemson or against Wisconsin, all those big games, he's kind of just a big game by guy. He got better at blocking as the years gone on. And, you know, I just think that, you know, as far as as far as an offensive threat tight end goes, he's quite quite obviously the the biggest one on the board. 
no disagreement here. I had him, you know, for me, I wrote down Ruckert or bust. And, and I can tell you right now, I'm going to wait until my last pick. I, I think that he was head and shoulders above the rest, at least as a pass catcher. I think there's some other guys on this team that were, you know, on the board that were better blocking options. And, and maybe you could consider them better dual threats. But, you know, Jeremy Rucker was a hell of a blocker in his own right. And clearly, in my opinion, the best pass catcher. So you stole him from me. We uh, probably should have brought it up earlier. But that's another good pick from you. I like Rucker. And, you know, he's your Long Island guy. I, I couldn't really take him from you. Exactly. I got I to gotta represent my Long Island guys. All right. So that means I get a double ton of talent on the board. I wish listeners could see the board because there are just there is a ton of options left. But um, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to fill out my wide receiver room. And this guy is arguably not the most talented guy left. But he was a special teamer, heck of a blocker downfield as a wide receiver. Uh, it didn't even clear 800 yards in any season. And I already see you selecting him. Go ahead and give me Scary Terry. I I think that he embodies what Ohio State, excuse me, what used to look for in a wide receiver and still does in in a sense. But, you know, under Urban Meyer, he was just such a selfless guy and a great teammate. I've got weapons like JSN and Chris Olave out there. Um, Both of those guys can work over the middle, be deep threats. Same thing with Terry McLaurin, but... You know, maybe his professional success is kind of creeping into my mind a little bit, but I don't think I can go wrong getting him as my third wide receiver. What do you think? Yeah, I I entirely agree. You know, I think you have three very good, well-rounded wide receivers on your roster in JSN, Chris Olave, and Terry McLaurin, and I think I'm going, I'm leaning more towards the specialists, which I don't know how it'll, you know, work out for me in the long run, but, you know, a guy like Terry McLaurin, like you said, gives you so much value as, as both a blocker, you know, a special teamer, a possession receiver, you know, he, he's got kind of sneaky speed as well, he's, he's a pretty darn fast as, you know, kind of before the era of all these really fast Ohio State wide receivers, he was really the first to, to make a name for himself, you know, Michael Thomas as well, but, you know, he was, he made, he had some of the most NFL success of any of these guys even including Michael Thomas because of all the injuries and so you know he's just a really good wide receiver and and definitely a guy you want on your side yeah I feel the same way and for my second pick I'm going to try and get another really good guard this guy played with my uh with my first selection at that position and he was an all-american and he won a Remington award as a center but I want to keep him as a guard where he played th- his first three years. Go ahead and give me Billy Price as another interior lineman on Team Dooley. I think he's going to form uh, a really strong duo with Wyatt Davis. And there's some there's some centers on the board who don't and did not have the guard experience. So I want to keep him at that guard position. And I think Billy Price is a really solid pick. Now, if I'm not mistaken, has Billy Price either currently playing for or has played for the Bengals? Oh, Gene, that is a sore subject. Um, Billy Price was a late first-round selection of the Bengals and barely saw – actually, I don't even know if he saw the end of his rookie contract. A lot of that was due to health. You know, I I don't want to knock the guy too hard. Suffered quite a few injuries, never seemed to be completely healthy. But, yes, Billy Price is a former Bengal bust, if we're being completely honest. 
Yeah, well, well, luckily we're getting them at, you know, like we said, the peak of their careers, and he was very good at Ohio State. I do tend to mix up both he and Pat Elfline a little bit because they were both mm-hmm. these guards that, that swapped to center, played a very similar Same style of game. Same with Michael Jordan, too. Yeah, they all played a very similar style of game, and so I kind of mix those guys up. Billy Price, like you said, very good in his own right, a guy with some positional versatility, gives you another strong guy in your offensive line that you could play at two different positions if you wanted to, you know, depending on the way the rest of your draft goes. With that being said, I am going to to finish out my offensive line here with the the last guy. I need one more guard on my list to have a full two tackle, two guard, two uh, one center offensive line. And so my last guard here is going to be another pick that I'm taking. You know, I'm drafting on potential here. I'm going to take Donovan Jackson as my other guard. This is a guy that I am super high on going into this season. We haven't really seen much of him. He's played a little bit in mop-up duty, but he's going to get a chance to start this year, and I, I think he's going to be a stud. He was the number one overall guard in, in his uh, in his recruiting class. He's a guy who comes in with a ton of hype, five-star prospect, and I'm one player out of Texas, listed at six foot four, 300. I've heard nothing but good talk about him from the coaches this offseason. You know, Kevin Wilson compared him to, you know, all-pro NFL, NFL offensive lineman Trent Williams, and like he said, you know, he's not quite at that level yet, but he said he has that kind of potential. And so I, I'm really high on a guy like Donovan Jackson. I'm really excited to see Ohio State playing with real guards out there this season, and I think Donovan Jackson is going to be a big part of that puzzle. My hope, and I think it's a very real possibility, Donovan Jackson – could be the best guard to come through Ohio State in a decade. And that's what we're drafting here is an all-decade team. You know, the pedigree is there. We haven't seen him on the field a ton, but I've heard all of the same things you have. And he has a really good chance to meet or exceed the play of a guy like Wyatt Davis or Jonah Jackson or anybody like that. So, you know, it's not there yet. Same thing with, like, my Paris Johnson Jr. pick. But he could end up being one of the best. So that's a really good guard. All right, and for my for my second to last pick here, I'm either going to get my third wide receiver or a quarterback. And so, you know, either way, it doesn't really matter. You don't need either of these at this point. But I have a lot of options at wide receiver here that I'm debating on. You know, I'm very highly considering Michael Thomas, but I feel like Garrett Wilson does a lot of the same things he does, but maybe with a bit more athleticism. Maybe they're probably, you know, they're probably about the same player. Michael Thomas a little bit bigger. Um, but... I think I'm going to go. I'm going to continue my my role here, going with kind of specialist sort of guys, and, I, and I'm going to finish out with Devin Smith here as my last wide receiver. He's going to be my deep threat, kind of my speed guy. I also consider a guy like Jameson Williams for this role. Um, he was on our board as well, but Devin Smith was such a good deep threat for Ohio State, especially during you know the the run of Cardale Jones. He seemed to always be open downfield. He was so good at high pointing the football, getting his body. His body control was second to none. And I just like to have, you know, that kind of deep threat on my team. I have a, a bigger body in Marvin Harrison Jr. I have kind of a do-it-all guy, slot receiver in Garrett Wilson. And then I have Devin Smith going deep. So I think I have, you know, a good trio that complements themselves well by adding Devin Smith to the mix. And I don't want to pat you on the back too hard, but Devin Smith might be the pick of this draft, to be completely honest. I would have been shocked if he was not selected, you know, you're talking about a guy who put up 30 touchdowns on 120 total catches. So he was a big play guy, um, a super dangerous downfield threat. And I considered him when I took Terry McLaurin. I, I really can't tell you why I passed him up. I just like Terry McLaurin's blocking, I guess. But Devin Smith is one of the more explosive guys on this list. So I think that's a good way to finish it as far as your wide receivers go. Yeah, and you know he had—he obviously ran into to injury troubles in the league and never really got to get his career off the ground. But if I'm getting a prime Ohio State Devin Smith, I, I'm certainly happy with it. So Josh, you get to finish out your last two picks here and finish out round out Team Dooley. Yeah, and um, so I'll go center first. I think I—I I said I was going to wait until my last pick, but 
I'll take Josh Myers at center. Um, another guy with some positional versatility, but he finished his career as a center. He was a second team all Big Ten center his senior year and played pretty well for the Packers. He was banged up a little bit. He missed some games, but he was immediately named the starter and replacement to your guy, Corey Lindsley. So I think Josh Smith, Josh Myers, I'm sorry, as another former captain, just adds a lot of good things to this room. And to finish it out, I have a tight end. You took the only tight end I really wanted, but... I don't feel like I'm settling here. I'll take Jeff Hireman. Jeff Hireman was a guy who did a little bit of everything. Really, really good blocker. Played a number of years in the league. He might still be active. I know he's with the Broncos um, for a handful of years. I'm not sure if he's still on the roster. But good inline blocker. Could get down the field. Pretty good hands for a guy his size. So my Mr. Irrelevant will probably play a vital role in this offense and I'll finish it up with Jeff Hireman. Yeah. I'll have, you know, that if I, you know, I was assuming that Jeremy Rucker wouldn't be there, but if I was, you know, if I was going to get a tight end without Jeremy Rucker on the board, I was between two guys and, and Jeff Hireman was certainly one of them as more of a, you know, if I was leaning more towards a blocking tight end, but a guy that I could also rely on to catch passes when needed, I think Hireman was, was near the top of the board as you know, from the rest of the options that were available. Uh, so I think those are two good picks to round it out. You round out the offensive line with Josh Myers, who I mentioned before when talking about Wyatt Davis, both very solid. You kind of brought that connection back together, getting both of them. So I think that's good to have that team cohesion. And so, you know, my Mr. Elvin is going to be very important to the success of my team, as it will be my quarterback. Um, only reason it lasted this late is obviously because Josh already took his quarterback. But my quarterback is a guy who, you know, a lot of people had their doubts on. And now we're, we're hearing, you know, potential first overall NFL draft pick. My quarterback here is going to be C.J. Stroud. And okay. so I'm going into the year with Ohio State's current quarterback. And I, you know, I think there's a chance that by the time C.J. Stroud's career is over, he might be looked at as better than Justin Fields. And I know that that's hard to do. And like that's that would be a really high bar to set. But if you just look at how Stroud played really after the Akron game that he took off, he was like nearly unstoppable. Even in Ohio State's losses, he put up a ton of yards. I don't think I would blame either of Ohio State's losses on the season on C.J. Stroud. I don't think it was his fault at all. We know how bad that that defense was. But, I mean, the, the guy threw for 44 touchdowns and six picks in 12 games, and that's with a bit of a shaky start. You know, as a first-year starter, what he was able to do, I think, was incredible, the way he led the offense and the way that everything was clicking by the end of the year. I think going into year two under Ryan Day with them letting him open it up a bit more with another, you know, massive crop of wide receiver talent, I, I think C.J. Stroud is going to put up huge numbers, and I think he may just play himself into that number one overall pick that he's getting projected. Yeah, it's definitely a possibility. And you can't argue with the numbers, especially after one year. You know, Dwayne Haskins had the bigger season. He had 5,000 yards um, as a starter. But you look at the guys left on the board. I mean, Dwayne Haskins, JT Barrett, and then some of the guys that we hope to see play in the future. Neither one of us could have gone wrong here. And it's like you said earlier, it's kind of silly and it's kind of funny that CJ Stroud was the last pick of this draft and could be the only first overall pick and a guy who you know could end up being wildly successful at the next level so can't go wrong there uh, I love CJ Stroud and I can't I I really look forward to watching him play and 
put up some probably record setting numbers again this year. Yeah, I think if this was a four or five person draft, I probably would have gotten, you know, if, if possible, I would have gotten Stroud in the first round if Justin Fields wasn't available. So, you know, I, I think he is one of the, the best options off the board. And, you know, kind of looking here before we look into our team specifically, we could talk about some of these other guys that are on the board that we considered. Obviously, you know, you mentioned a quarterback, you know, the remaining options there were JT Barrett, Dwayne Haskins, Kyle McCord and Devin Brown. You know, because there's only two of us, I don't think we had to draft on potential. We could draft two guys that we knew were good already in Fields and Stroud, but obviously Barrett and Haskins, both good in their own rights. And depending on the style of offense we were going to run, would have been good options there. Um, another guy that I really considered, you know, at wide receivers specifically, there's so many options. We you know we talked about Michael Thomas. It's, it's kind of crazy that none of us took him with, with what he was able to do, kind of as the, the leader in the Ohio State wide receiver room, kind of that first guy to make that very successful jump to the NFL, at least in like the, the current decade or so of, of Ohio State football. But, you know, you look at guys like Paris Campbell, KJ Hill, Austin Mack, Jameson Williams, you know, all tremendous skill set guys and it just goes to show how ridiculous Ohio State's wide receiver room is that we each took you know three or four guys at the position and there's still all this talent remaining on the board just from 2012 on yeah you know the thing with Michael Thomas is he did not exceed 800 yards in a single season at Ohio State and granted the offense was different there were some other weapons and they were they leaned heavily upon the run but a a guy who's a multi-time all pro multiple time all pro in the NFL and has set all sorts of you know receiving records especially with receptions in a year you're you're right it's sort of crazy but when you're looking at peak college production there were other guys who have just they put up bigger numbers or maybe with in Marvin Harrison Jr's case we anticipate um bigger numbers so i'm not shocked by Michael Thomas still being on the board you mentioned Paris Campbell and KJ Hill they were successful with JT Barrett, you know, put them in an offense with some of the other guys and maybe they're thousand yard wide receivers. Actually, Paris Campbell did hit a thousand yards in one of his seasons. And uh, Jamison Williams was a, was a sneaky one for me. I was interested to see if either one of us sort of cheated a little bit in taking Jamison Williams. I would have felt a little bit bad because I think that you know, he became a star at Alabama, but Ohio State still gets to claim him, in a sense, at wide receiver. And the other guy that you didn't mention is Curtis Samuel. You had him at, listed as, like, running back or wide receiver. And if you're looking for versatility, Curtis Samuel's your guy. You know, that last year at Ohio State, I think he had 700 on the ground, 800 through the air. So I thought about him later in the draft, but just so much talent and, uh, you know, so many more guys coming in. If we did this draft two, three, four years from now, uh, our lists, uh, as far as a wide receiver goes, could look entirely different. So that's just wild to think about. But I, I don't think that I'm shocked with anybody left on the board. Yeah, just kind of looking at it now, you know, even Carlos Hyde, productive back, but not the explosiveness that you see from some of these other guys. Um, I don't see any All-Americans left on the offensive line. So I think we acquitted ourselves both pretty well in this draft, despite some, some really talented players being left on the board. Yeah, I think if you're looking at like the best guys available, I think the top three you know, guys left on the board are probably Haskins, Curtis Samuel, and Michael Thomas. Um, I think we did pretty good along the offensive line. You know, you look at guys like, you know, if you're getting the best year out of Thayer Munford, he certainly could have been an option. Um, you know, a guy like Brandon Bowen before his leg injury was really good on the offensive line. 
Um, you know, Marcus Hall obviously had his his legend set in stone with his his exit <laughs> against Michigan. But you know, nonetheless, I think we did pretty well with our offensive line selections. The other guy at tight end that I was going that was probably my number one guy if uh, Jeremy Rucker was off the board was Luke Farrell. I feel like he was a very very good blocking tight end and a guy that you know yeah. did did catch some big passes in his career despite not catching a ton of passes. So. He was certainly a guy I considered if I wanted a really good blocker on my offensive lineman had Jeremy Ruckert been taken. But yeah, like you said, um, I think Curtis Samuel is probably like the number one guy left just because of his positional versatility. You can play him at running back. You can play him at wide receiver. He kind of epitomizes the wild card position. But, you know, I just I liked the the upside of a guy like Trayvon Henderson not really knowing the full extent of what he could be and kind of knowing the full extent of what Curtis Samuel is. And Curtis Samuel was a very, very good player at Ohio State. He obviously had that walk-off touchdown against Michigan. That will be, you know, remembered throughout the, the lore of the game. But, yeah, I think overall there's, there's been a lot of good talent over the years. But uh, between our two teams, I think we got a lot of the best players at each of the positions. So I think this this went pretty well. Luke Farrell's another sneaky one. I'm glad you brought him up. You know, he was an Urban Meyer tight end twice, two times over, right, at Ohio State. And then again in Jacksonville, they drafted him. If you're looking for the absolute best available blocking option, it probably would have been Farrell. We just we both went with guys who provided a little bit more versatility and explosiveness in the passing game. But, yeah, that's another good name to bring up. Um Looking at our teams, though, Gene, you know, how do you feel now that picks one through 12, I guess, are off the board? You know, anything you would have done differently? Anybody you think you you missed out on that you were really looking at? You know, kind of where are you at overall? Yeah, looking at my roster, I'm obviously I'm very, very happy with my offensive line. I think I've almost, you know, almost all of my top picks at every position, except for maybe um, I'm kind of, I'm trying to look, I think I got the top pick at every spot that I wanted, or at least guys that I, I you know, that I had highlighted, you know, guys like, I don't know if you were even thinking of a guy like Donovan Jackson, cause he hasn't really played a lot, but he was a guy that I definitely wanted at one of those guard spots. And, and like we talked about, not a ton of other really standouts besides some of the guys that we scooped up, but yeah, I'm really happy with my offensive line. I think I might give you the edge on wide receivers a little bit. I think you have more, like I said before, you have a, a, a trio of more well-rounded guys, whereas I went with the more specialist type, although Garrett Wilson is kind of that, that do it all guy for me. I then have my my big body in Harrison and my deep threat in Devin Smith. I'm obviously very happy with C.J. Stroud. I think my my running back tandem of J.K. Dobbins and Trayvon Henderson will do quite well for themselves. So overall, I'm uh, I'm very pleased with this. I think this uh I think overall the offensive draft is going to be a lot easier than the defensive draft that we're going to do next week, and I think that'll take a bit more time and there'll be a lot more to parse through. But I think overall. I'm uh, I'm pretty happy with the way things went for me. What about you, Josh? Uh, I, I'm with you, and especially on next week's draft. You know, the defensive options. Gosh, I might want to start right now putting together a spreadsheet with all the options. But just you know, talking about the offensive all de- all decade draft, I'm really happy with my team. I agree with you though that you got the the better offensive line. The thing I like about my version is the versatility, with the exception of Wyatt Davis. All of my guys at some point started or will start at at least two different positions. So I like the versatility there. And I guess that was sort of the overall theme in my team, especially with some of the skill position guys, you know, I've got, if need be, I've got two guys who can throw the ball in Justin Fields and Braxton Miller. I've got a couple potential running backs. I mean, Braxton Miller didn't line up a lot there, but it's probably something he could do in addition to Ezekiel Elliott. And then the wide receivers, they can do it, you know, across the field on crossing routes. They can beat you deep. They've all got speed and and good hands, good route running, all of that good stuff. So I, I think there were a couple positions where you got maybe the more elite talent, 
per position, but I really like the versatility of mine. So you can't go wrong with either team. And I think both of these ended up pretty well. Yeah, and I think looking at your offensive line, while they might not be like some of the the more standout names as mine, you have a lot of of like across your entire team, you have a lot of team cohesion and guys that have played like actually on the field together at some point. You know, like I mentioned before, you know, Josh Myers and Wyatt Davis were an elite tandem there. You know, Paris Johnson Jr. and Dewan Jones have played together. Justin Fields with Chris Olave, although, you know, CJ Stroud has also played with Garrett Wilson on my side. But I think you have a lot of good kind of team cohesion going on there with guys that who in, you know, in the actual games have have played with each other at one point or another. Before we kind of put a bow on it, with the guys left on the board, were there any like sentimental picks that just, you know, for fun, we're doing this for fun. So did you think about anybody in the last round who clearly wasn't the most productive, not even the best in his position in a given year? Was there anybody who was just kind of tugging at your heartstrings at all? Yeah, there were a couple guys that probably were, you know, better sentimentally than they were maybe on the field. I thought of a guy like, you know, Trey Sermon for his one year and what he was able to do late in the season for Ohio State. Um, but, you know, I, I didn't really consider him as a running back. But like, well, obviously he's a running back, but I didn't consider him drafting him. But I do think that, you know, he was special to Ohio State in one way or another. Same with, you know, my guy, Mayan Williams, who was still going to get another chance to, to etch his name into Ohio State lore this season. Two guys that weren't quite the best in their positions, but guys who have certainly had, you know, a lot to do with Ohio State in these last couple of years. Um, you know, looking at wide receivers, a guy like Jalen Marshall had a lot of big games. I remember his, you know, that one big game he had against Indiana where he returned the punt and had like a bunch of touchdowns in that game. Uh, Noah Brown had that four touchdown game against Oklahoma. And then, like, I don't know what where he went since, but that was that was an odd year. But he did have a really good game. But there are yeah, there's a lot of guys out here that had some some really standout performances. Marcus Ball had the the game winning touchdown against Penn State and that crazy comeback. So a lot of guys here who may not have been the best in their position, but still put up either like really big games or just had really big moments in their Ohio State careers. And I think that that, you know, that's special in its own right. I sort of went the other way with the exception of my quarterback. You know, I identified three guys that are still on the board and you probably would have roasted me if I took either of these guys. But, you know, at quarterback, I consider JT Barrett. Just all the wins, all the things he did here at Ohio State, all the records he um, sort of established, I gave him some consideration. At running back or wide receiver, Demario McCall, the GOAT, right? I mean, not not very much production to speak of, but uh, he was always a fan favorite, so I thought about him. And then... Uh, I'm still holding my Julian Fleming stock. I will hold it until grim death. I know that he is likely to be the probably the third wide receiver at best this year. But Julian Fleming's another guy that I, I quasi thought about it. Again, I know you would have roasted me for that one. But if you're looking at sentimental options, those would have been the three that I identified. What about Ohio State tight end Cade Stover? I love Cade Stover. I really do. I just, he hasn't really done anything. I think there's potential there, but like, I just, I wish they left him on defense because I feel like he likes playing defense better, but he is a guy that's kind of willing to do it all for the team and and put his own, you know, his own wants behind for the, for the good of the team. And so I do, you know, I I think it's, it goes underappreciated what he's doing for Ohio state because of, you know, the, the lack of depth at the tight end position. But I do feel like he is a guy that would rather play defensive end, but is doing what is, is best for the team and playing tight end. Yeah, I don't want to go too far down a, a Cade Stover rabbit hole, but he's one of those guys that I could see, you know, even if he doesn't put up a lot of stats or a lot of numbers, he's a guy that I could see earning a spot or having a role at the next level. And that might sound kind of crazy, <clears throat> but you look at a guy like um, like Nate Ebner. You know, Nate Ebner was a special teamer. 
who was taken in the NFL draft as a special teamer by the New England Patriots. And that's all he ever did. And he's had a long NFL career. He was active as of last season. So, you know, I'm not saying Cade Stover is a, a specialist or a special teamer, but you look at a guy who can play on both sides of the ball. Maybe he comes in with, you know, 15, 20 catches this year and shows you a little something at tight end. But it's it's another thing that we've seen at the NFL level. Usually it's defense to offense. But who knows? You know, somebody can see Cade Stover's Rose Bowl tape. Look back to his, you know, recruiting process as a high schooler. Be like, you know what? I think this guy can play linebacker for me or be a special team gunner or something like that. So I like him, too. And I've got high hopes for him moving forward. Yeah, like you know, a guy with no no lack of effort, no lack of you know want to, to succeed and all that stuff. I think that you, I, I completely agree that he is. You know, maybe he's a guy who starts on a practice squad, works his way up, things like that. He seems to be a very hard worker. So we'll we'll, we'll see what happens with Ohio State tight end Cade Stover. But nonetheless, I think this was I think this was really fun. I enjoyed doing this. I think that the defensive one will be super interesting when we do that next week. We're also going to you know for our year nuts this upcoming weekend, we're going to write about each of our teams here and kind of break down you know what we got, what, what our teams are looking like, how, how we're feeling about things going up against the other one we'll probably put a poll at the end and have you guys vote on whose team you think is better uh, like I said before I think I think Josh might win a little bit of the fan vote here but I think I, I think I put together some good picks towards the end to maybe get get some things back in my favor so I think these are two pretty even teams I'm interested to see what what other people think yeah for sure we definitely need to put up a poll I encourage everyone to go on there and vote uh, on the year notes column because I'm, I'm interested to see where people uh, come in at and which time which team they prefer because I think it's really uh, you know, personal choice or kind of personal preference. If you look at, you know, production versus future potential, things like that. So just a lot of different options and things to kind of sort through when you're looking at top to bottom rosters here. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll be putting that out on Monday. Uh, like I said, we'll have we'll be doing another one of these next week with the defense, which should be very interesting with all the options we'll have at our disposal there. Um, so, you know, until then, we will, we will be back next week. Be sure to like, rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff all your podcasts ask you to do. Uh, be sure to check out all of our written content over at LandGrantHolyLand.com. We've got a lot of good, you know, recruiting stuff going on. Josh is running his, his Forgotten Buckeyes pieces offseason. A lot of good, um, you know, pieces on some of the, the non-revenue sports, golf, uh, softball, baseball season just came to an end, things of that nature. So be sure to check everything out there. Uh, and for Josh Julie, I am Gene Ross. And as always, go Bucks.